Hi, I'm Leanne Blaney, adventure coach, speaker and award-winning author. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast, where we are having conversations about what might be holding you back and how to move forward to achieve your dream life. Come along on a journey and set yourself up by having freedom in your choices, becoming grounded and centered and learn how to speak from the heart. For more information, go to leanneblaney.com. Let's ignite your life. Adam Muchlight is a founder, a coach, and a podcast host. In his coaching work, Adam focuses all his energy on helping individuals and teams manifest their vision. He is committed to working with people and their teams who are committed to working on themselves. Hi, Adam. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on here with you. You're really welcome. And I'm excited too about our theme of energy return on investment. But first, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Yes, I would love to. And I'll I'll try and keep it uh, (laughs) brief-ish. So my name is Adam Mutchler. I am an executive coach. I'm a partner in a coaching firm based in the Washington, D.C. area in the United States. And how I got to executive coaching and leadership work, uh, the short answer is I was born into it. The long answer is when I was... 18, I started working in Apple retail. And after two months, my the management team there said, you are really good at working with people. And would you like to train new employees? And you know, I helped open a store or two. And uh, I was like, I'm only 18. This is my first job. And they said, yeah, 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 but you're really good at working with people. And they were really, really right. And I am so grateful for that sort of external identification of something that I might be um, skilled in. And so from then, I really, a lot of my energy has been focused around personal development, professional development, supporting sort of the scaling of companies, teams and companies, I would say. And I worked at Apple for six and a half years in retail and did a bunch of things, sales, technical, but always the mentoring and training piece. Then I worked at a venture-backed startup for a couple of years and it blew my mind. I saw firsthand that you can build something, then raise a bunch of money. If people believe in that thing and just try and grow crazy, crazy fast, uh, that startup, like 97% of startups failed, but it was a really great experience to see it. Uh, and then at that time, it's 2015, I decided that I wanted to really get into the coaching world. I'd known about it my entire life. I mentioned that at the very beginning of this little blurb here, uh, my mom has been a coach my entire life, like my whole life. And so I knew that it was a world that existed and that it was a profession. And I joined her in the work that she does. And we've been building together for seven years now, which is crazy to say. And so we coach individuals, teams, companies, we work domestically, globally. And the biggest piece I'll say, and then I'll, then I'll stop talking for a second is, um, I really believe, I truly, truly believe that individuals and teams have immense potential, like unbelievable potential. And if there's anything that I can do or the Kadar group can do to help activate, utilize, leverage that potential through coaching, uh, I'm here for it. It's the most energizing thing that I could possibly do. So that's me in a pseudo nutshell. That's awesome. Thanks, Adam, for sharing that. And I just love what you said that uh, you've 
it's like you've been born into the coaching if your mother's actually been a coach as well because quite often I know I've come from a background where my parents don't even know what a coach does they go yeah. what what does that mean <laughs> exactly. so quite often you sort of a lot of new coaches that I talk to they go oh nobody understands what, I, what I'm about but you know you're lucky to have your mother who sort of brought you up I'm assuming she brought you up with those sort of coaching philosophies and things Definitely, definitely conversations around the dinner table yeah. around some of the work she was doing. And I think when I was a kid, it was funny and then like annoying when I would then say it back, say something back to her or like call her on something. And because I had like new awareness around certain ideas. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. All right. So let's get into our theme of energy return on investment. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit what that actually means? Very simply what what you've said energy return on investment so we we know roi return on investment we use it a lot uh in the investment world we use it a lot when we think about money we use it a lot when we think about what businesses are sort of moving towards you know what are they going to get in return and one of the things that i would say on average we aren't considering and not looking at is what are we getting as individuals back for the energy that we're putting out into the world right and so I heard this phrase for the first time on Clubhouse, which is a social platform that blew up at the end of 2020 uh, and then kind of crescendoed into early 2021. And now it's, I don't, it doesn't seem to have the same energy, but it was an, it's an audio-based social platform. And I had tons of conversations from like November to, to February. I was on there a lot. Um, and actually I have the handle at coach, which blows my mind on there. Um, <laughs> But I had lots, I met tons and tons of people and I had a, I had a conversation and someone used the term EROI and I was like, you need to tell me more about what that is. And they said, energy return on investment. And it really, it kind of articulated the way that I try and do things and the way that I try and coach people, which is when you spend your time and energy, really trying to calibrate and focus on spending your time and energy in ways and areas where you're getting as much return as possible. Uh, and I can get into some examples as well, but that's the concept. It's whatever you're putting out there, calibrating so that you are also getting things in return and not like a tit for tat kind of way, but I describe how energizing my work is, right? Like when I do, when I coach, when I'm working with people, when I'm working with teams, it is energizing. I'm giving it my energy and it is, it is literally hyping me up. <laughs> mm, I love that. And do you find that with what's actually been happening on in the world that we've had that heavy energy? So it's been a little bit more difficult for people to get that high energy or be reinvigorated by, by what they're doing because of what's actually going on? I think that there are a couple of things. So if I were to go like to the beginning of the pandemic, March, 2020, and let's say the first three months of it, I was very disoriented and my energy was very frantic, Right in some ways things were very good for me and like things were very balanced and like I was not at risk, but just the fact that everything changed so quickly and I'm an extrovert, I was kind of all over the place. So like I was on, I was going to like as many virtual meetups as possible and I was doing all sorts of stuff. And so I would say like the, the pandemic for me has been very disorienting in the early stages, but this EROI concept, I would say as let's say it's settled in, I think there's a lot of questioning right now, more so than ever, about what am I doing with my life? What am I, how am I spending my time? What's important to me, right? Do I need to live in this city? Do I need to live in this place or that place? Do I need to work at this company? 
And people have learned a lot about the businesses that they work for and how they treat their employees, right? And so I think that there's, I think one thing that's happened is, yes, there's definitely been a general heaviness in the world and like high levels of stress and anxiety, but there's also been a lot of introspection and reflection. And I think this concept really struck me early 2021 because it was the articulation of something that I've been very privileged to do which is to manage how I spend my energy. Uh, and I've been trying to think about also contextualizing this concept because not everyone has the same freedom or access or whatever version of privilege you want to highlight to do some of the things that I do. Do you find that when you say the energy to spend like in your business and that some people can use that energy up doing things like their everyday to-do tasks rather than I'm assuming with ROI, return on investment, you won't want to be using that energy wisely because we can use it up so quickly on the things that just aren't getting us a return on investment. Yeah, so there's a handful of things to think about. And and I've been thinking about this subject a lot. And again, trying to think about the various layers, right? So like the hyper-privileged example would be outsource everything that you don't like doing and that doesn't bring you energy, like straight up outsource it, right? And so the reason why that's privilege is that takes money uh, and you know, not everyone, including myself, can outsource everything that they don't like for my business and my personal life. You know, like if I could have someone do the dishes for me and cook me food every night, I think I would enjoy that. Uh, I can't afford that, uh, which is totally fine because I actually love cooking. And so there are a couple of ways that I think about it. You mentioned like tasks and chores. And the more optimized whatever version of your life you can optimize is, the easier other parts are. So for example, and I'll use, I'm going to use a, a business one to start. Um, in business, if, you ha- if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a founder, or if you're responsible for any element of a business, there are always people telling you the right way to do something or the things that you should do. So for me, I have my own business and I'm a coach. And so a lot of people will say, you need to build a social following and then you create funnels and then those funnels lead to programs and yada, 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 yada. And that works for some people. And that's really great for those people. That is the most exhausting process in the world for me. And so if I buy into that process and I spend time doing it, it is completely draining my brain. It is not good for me. And so in that example, it's what is good for me and what yields results. And for me, connecting with people one-on-one, connecting with people in person or virtually, but having real conversations and building relationships slowly, but surely literally over like a three-year span is a very powerful way for me to build my business. And it's worked and it works and works. And I see it year over year now. And I've kind of gotten over two cycles of this, like, you know, 24 to 36 month relationship building. And that is not draining for me. That is really interesting and really exciting. And so like, looking at your life and saying, what are the ways that you can do things that work for you, work for your life, whether it's professional or personal. Um, And I have a couple other examples also just kind of thinking about what resonates, but that kind of, that's where I go there. And that's what I think about is what are we being told that we should be doing? And if it does in fact work for us and it is energizing, or we don't find it to be exhaustive, right? Great. But if it, is exhaustive and it drains your energy thinking about and looking for other ways to do something to achieve whatever the result is. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's like doing a bit of an audit, isn't it, on one of those tasks? Because some days you feel really drained. You just don't have any energy. Then if you look back on what you've done, it is those tasks that you're not enjoying. And I'm a bit the same as you. The social media funnels, all that, it exhausts me. Whereas if I go to a networking event and talk to people and just talk about what I am passionate about and what I do, I feel like I can do that all day. So it's very different, isn't it, to, you know, some days being exhausted, some days having that energy. Yeah. It's important to do that audit, isn't it? Yeah, no, I I think so. And I, the audit is a really great point. You know, the, the idea of intentionally reflecting, you know, taking a look at what was the day like, what was the week like, maybe even what was your month like, right? And, and, and asking yourself, did I like the way all of this played out? Did I not like it? Did it work for me? Did it not work for me? What worked? What didn't? And starting to label those things. And this is an entirely different conversation, but I think it's, it's, it's worth mentioning as you brought up, starting to label and identify those things allows you to work with them, right? Until you actually put a name to something or you put a descriptor to something, it's this amorphous, you know, I'll use the example of my screen right now, even though you can't see it, like I've got the blurred background. It's basically like a blurred background. Like, what is it? until there's some definition. And so I think that's a great point, thinking about what you've done th- for the day, week or month, um, and asking yourself the real questions. Is it working? Is it not? What do I actually have control over? Do you work with people who come to you and is that one of the first things you look at? Because obviously if we, we can do all the time management and accountability and on goal setting and all that sort of stuff that you like, but if you don't have the right energy to put into what's needed, is that where you would actually start first looking at their energy requirements? You know, some coaches and firms are very process driven and they have a system and they work people through a system and it can be a very, very uh, successful approach. Uh, I am definitely more in a lot of the people that we work with at the Kadar group, we're definitely more of meeting people where they are, what are they bringing to us and what are they bringing to the conversation, whether it's an individual or a team uh, inevitably, we focus on energy, especially at an executive level. And especially, I work with a lot of founders who are building businesses. And so there's a, there are distinctive skill sets for founders and distinctive skill sets for executives. And while they there's some overlap, there's also some serious differences. And so over the arc of the conversation of the work, and sometimes it's in conversation one, two, three, sometimes it's in conversation 2021, 20, uh, this will come up, right? And so I'm, I'm working with one client right now where it we're maniacally focused on outsourcing. They have the resources to do it. They've built the business to a point where they can afford it. And the business literally needs it in order to keep growing. They can't do all the things they've been doing. Uh, and so that's the maniacal focus is literally getting the right people in place to one, create space for them to focus on the things that they're really, really, really good at and to uh, serve their business more effectively, to give their business more resources, to keep doing the things that they're trying to do. Uh, and so it, it inevitably comes up. It doesn't necessarily start at the beginning. It depends on where someone comes to me. Yeah. And if there's somebody who's, you know, looking at working with you, is it in like, yes, this person can actually afford that. But what if somebody is like a small business owner who, you know, thinks they've got to do so many things themselves and they're trying to work out, okay, what can I do? 
what could you tell that the benefits are if you can work out your energy and what you're putting out there that makes all the difference because i know that if you're putting out that negative energy because you're exhausted all the time and you're trying to do everything and you get that really crazy sort of hamster wheel life it does affect your business doesn't it because it's depending on that energy that you put out there whether it's a relaxed or positive energy yeah i think the biggest thing that literally anyone can do and i love this question which is why i'm going to put it out there for people that are listening what rules are you following for no reason? I'm just going to say it one more time. What rules are you following for no reason? And what that means is, from my perspective and experience, there are so many things that we do, anyone, personal, professional, employee, employer, founder, executive, fill in the blank. There are so many things that we do because we believe we are supposed to do it. We believe that it is the only way. We believe that because of whatever title, it's the thing that we have to do. And it's important to stop, just to your point earlier about reflecting, it's important to stop and say, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I literally absolutely must do it? Or am I doing it because I think I should be doing it because I think this is how people do things. And I think in that space, is where we really find this sort of bulk of our exhaustive energy draining activities, right? And so again, I have a very privileged background. I, have, I think I have a lot of support in my life. I went to school part-time over eight years to five schools because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I worked the whole time, right? So the rule that I did not follow for no reason was going to a four-year college and graduating in four years, right? I did not follow that rule. And I was very fortunate because it led me to the work that I'm doing now. And it's, I mean, I met my wife at one of the schools I went to, like I've met like lifelong friends from another school. I met a professor that changed my perspective at another school. There are all sorts of things that happened. And so I think if you're, you asked about a small business owner. And so the big thing with a small business owner is you're going to go on the internet. You're going to talk to other small business owners and everyone's going to tell you what you should be doing. And some of it's great advice. And some of it might be very impactful, but not all of it is relevant to you and not all of it is necessary. And so really take stock of what should you be spending your energy on? And I'll really, I, I don't have a problem with social, but as an example, you might be the most phenomenal chef in the world and you are really, really incredible at food and you want to just do that. And someone tells you, well, you need a really great social strategy and you need a really great and you need a really great and you start to do all those things because you think that's what's going to grow your business, right? But it totally saps your energy and you're distracted from the thing you're really good at that actually people care about. You know, you might be a really great consultant and you might think that, you know, you got to do this other task and just really zoom into the thing you're really, really good at and edit as much as possible, literally everything else away. That's, that's kind of what I would say. What do you find happens when people do that, when they finally get to that nice balance of spending their energy on the right things or the things that are right for them as compared to all those things that we should be doing? What do you think actually happens to them? What came to my mind when you said it, as I was thinking about it, trying not to just jump in is life gets more fun. Mm. I mean, it gets lighter, physically lighter, mentally, emotionally, physically lighter. Um, and it, it gets, uh, it gets, 
it just gets better. And it sounds, it sounds like really sort of aspirational, like out there stuff. But the truth is when we, when we take on all of these things, it, it becomes too much, you know, and we live in a culture in the United States, but also I would say in a lot of the Western world and much of the professional world, you know, where there's tons of expectations about how we should be doing things. And a lot of it isn't really realistic or like human, right? Like I can't game the system, uh, the marketing engine system. Like it's just not, I'm not built that way. You know? And so I, I really think when you, when you start to focus in on the things that you're good at, the things that you love, the things that bring you energy, if that's at the center and yeah, we have to do other things. Like, do I invoice at the end of the month? Yes. I invoice at the end of the month. Do I manage relationships with tax accountant and other things that like are exhaustive? Totally. But is it the majority of my time? Absolutely not. You know, is it the thing that I focus, you know, on every day? No, you know, it's, it's honestly these conversations that we're having right now, it's my client work, uh, it's personal relationships. You know, I, I feel very fortunate to be the friend that can almost always show up for another friend because no one's telling me that I need to do something else, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I wish this on everyone, by the way, if you're listening, like I wish this experience and we'll get to how to find me, but like, I'm happy to talk to people about this. Um, I don't put up paywalls for the sake of putting up paywalls. You know, if it comes to that, it comes to that, but it, it's it just like anything I can do to nudge people in this direction. If this is, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, holy crap, how, or I don't know. Or if you think that I'm full of crap, you can also talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well, I could just talk about this forever because I think it's really, really important, but I've loved what you've told us and the tips you've given us as well, Adam. If people want to find out more about you or where to actually contact you, then where's the best place to go? The best way to get me is probably LinkedIn uh, and, and make a reference of, of where you're reaching out from. I have to tell you, uh, LinkedIn requests with no context are a big no-no. <laughs> so, you know, find me, Adam Muchler. My name will definitely be spelled wherever this podcast is, but Adam is easy, Muchler, M-U-T-S-C-H-L-E-R. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. And, um, my business website, tkg.co really short five characters. Um, you can find the Kadar group there and contact info, but LinkedIn, definitely the best way to get me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. And I have such nostalgia for Australia because I did live there for a minute in high school. <laughs> and so it's nice to connect with an Aussie. Igniters, Adam asks a great question. What rules are you following for no reason? Being aware on where we spend our energy is so important for our health emotionally, physically and mentally. If you want to contact Adam, connect with him on LinkedIn or go to his website tkg.co. For more about getting balance into your life and looking at an energy audit for yourself, come to my website leanneblaney.com.